Welcome to Romance Your Tribe Radio with me, Janet Beckers, where every episode focuses on simple action steps you can do this week to grow your business online and bring joy to the work you do. Hello and welcome everybody. Janet Beckers here and I'd love to introduce you to my wonderful, wonderful guest, Navin Wises. Hi, Navin. Hey, what's going on? Excited to be on the show. Yeah, I'm really excited too. We're going to be talking about a topic that is super, super close to my heart, which is virtual summits. Um, And the reason it's so close to my heart is that is actually the technique that I use to launch my business, Wonderful Web Women, which has now evolved to Romance Your Tribe. It's the reason that I went from having nobody knowing me, um, having a mailing list, which was actually just my mum, to thousands and thousands of people winning awards, you know, re- replacing 12 months worth of income with just in a short time, all based on this particular strategy. So since then, a lot has changed. And so... Um, I've invited Navid along because he's the man that knows how to run these so well now, the most strategic way to do them, the way for it to work now rather than the way that it used to work when I did it 10 years ago. So that's why I'm excited about this. But um, before we get started, um, let's just, you know, I'd love to introduce the people, everybody here to you, Navid, just because... Um, just so they can get a little bit of an insight about who you are and why you've gone down this track um, before we start diving into any of that sort of strategy stuff. So, yeah, so tell us a little bit about you. Like why, why are you so passionate about this particular way of doing business? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it wasn't always this way with kind of the summits and all this. I actually was kind of, uh, you know, stumble across it because I was doing a podcast, I mean, similar to this, I was doing that uh, uh, a few years ago. And, you know, because everyone, they were talking about, okay, got to launch a podcast. And I think it's a great vehicle. I definitely think I can, and it fits in with what I'm doing now. It's just when I did it, I started basically from scratch and I was building relationships with some influencers and all this, but I wasn't growing my email list. I wasn't generating that much revenue at all when I started out. So, and I was blogging, podcasting, doing that. And then I stumbled across these summits in the health niche because they, they were, appeared to be free. So I signed up for them and I saw like, okay, how are they doing this? How are they generating so many subscribers? In some cases I saw they were generating tens of thousands, if not sometimes hundreds of thousands of email subscribers for one kind of online event, a virtual summit. And, and I also checked out how they're monetizing. So they had an all access pass. They were sometimes promoting something in the back end and all this. And some of these summits, they were doing millions of dollars in revenue. I was like, holy shit, how are they doing this? Yeah. I'm doing this podcast, which is a great vehicle, but I wanted to kind of level up my business quicker. Podcast is not the best list building and kind of right away. This It's more for me, if I would do a podcast today, it would be more to kind of connect with my existing audience rather than just kind of skyrocket and build a new one. So yeah. that's kind of how... Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you can feel the same, but like podcasts, I think it's a fantastic to have always week in and week out, have a consistent schedule to yep. connect with your existing audience. But unless you have a massive following, it's not going to kind of do that much when you're starting from scratch. Whereas mm-hmm. a virtual summit, it's kind of an online event. It's kind of like a podcast or webinar on steroids. That's kind of how I, <laughs> how I like to put it, right? That's so you have multiple speakers. 
Yeah, I mean, you have multiple speakers on. Uh, so you have 20 to 30 experts typically over, let's say, five to seven days. And some of them will come on and promote you. They will promote you to their email list, their most valuable asset. And that's how you are basically growing your audience. And obviously, we can go get into how, how you actually add value to the speakers. Mm-hmm. That's part of our you know, virtual summit master. That's kind of my system and my program and how we're teaching this. We actually go really big on that, making it a win, win, win. So a win for you, you're going to grow your audience, you're going to grow your business from the summit, but also a win for your speakers. They're going to, you know, get something out of this. They're going to grow their business from this. And also for your audience, obviously, yeah. you want to add value to them. That's kind of, I guess you wanted to get into a little bit. also kind of the difference, you know, before yeah. now, I think, yeah, yeah, let's do so that's let's kind of how we can and I, and I, start, yeah. start this off. Yeah. Well, there was something there um, in giving you a little bit of an insight into Navid is because um, I find uh, the kind of strategies that people specialize in really reflects a lot about their personality, like the kind of things that you get drawn to. Now, we met, um, we were both in a high-end mastermind um, with Ryan Levesque called The Elite Mastermind. So we actually got to know each other really quite well through, even though there were a lot of people in the group through that year because it's not only were we having an opportunity every week to communicate, but we had, you know, retreats away and um, lots of time. So you, you get to know people really well. And I just loved how you were saying then about a core part to what you or what your approach is being, you know, what's going to be in for everybody. Everything's going to be a win, win, win. And that was one thing I really noticed about you in all of our um, connections throughout that whole year of elite was, um, and everybody listening, you'll really get to see this with, with another is you've always very much focused on the other people rather than yourself. Like every time that you would, be contributing to conversations anytime you would be, you know, sharing and presenting to the group, everything was always focused on what was going to help everybody else. What was the win for other people? Um, And so it makes perfectly good sense to me that you approach your marketing using a strategy that is very much focused on what's in here for absolutely everybody else. It's very much a connect and a connection sort of, personality, I guess, that, that, that can be really attracted to doing this sort of strategy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, also, I just wanted to just kind of backing things up a little bit. I mean, that was a fantastic, fantastic year. Actually, I think I, I definitely got to know everyone right away because I, I won some kind of <laughs> prize or like the, you know, the super share. I remember that the first yeah. elite mastermind. So I had to kind of go up there and share. And obviously then people familiarized themselves with me a little bit better. But yeah, I mean, really kind of there was the, you know, I had, as I said, I had the podcast. Then I did my first summit. So before that, I only had about 900 to 1,000 email subscribers. That was, that was in 2014, so a few years wow. ago. Yeah. And I hosted my first summit, brought on a bunch of speakers on there, obviously. And then I got about 3,000 email subscribers from that summit and $20,000 in profit. That actually was the vehicle that I could quit my job and move abroad and basically start living the lifestyle I do now. But if I would have stopped there with one summit, and that's also what kind of is unique with how we are doing things, then it would have ended there basically. Because a lot of people, they don't leverage the momentum. So you're going to take that summit. That's a springboard for you to take your business to another level. So I quickly grew my business from that initial success, you know, making like $20,000 in profit from that summit to multiple 
six figures like in the next year, like making 200K the next year, like we we hosted another summit, did like almost 30,000 subscribers the next one. And then uh, basically that, that, that took my business, you know, three X more to 600K from 200K to 600K. So it was like just growing, growing very quickly and then making, you know, an impact as we go, because the lifetime value of a summit you know, attendee and even more kind of the people who purchased the all access pass of the summit. It's very high. We have made, you know, of that, our most successful summit, which did almost 30,000 subscribers. We have actually made over a million dollars from that one summit. So it's pretty interesting how it works. Like if you can just monetize the audience. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's dive into that. So I think one of the things that we've, so to give everybody here a little bit of a structure for you taking your notes, what we'll do first is we'll really get super clear on actually what a summit is so that you can understand exactly what is a summit and how does it work. And then uh, Navid and I thought, because I actually launched my business with a summit and things have changed. So we're going to go into, you know, the difference between what worked back then and what's working now so that you can really get an idea and we'll give you some reality checks on what kind of timelines are involved here, what kind of, um, you know, what you need to know before you start going down this track. So um, so let's do that. So the first thing, um, let's just do like a really simple, how does, you know, from the, the simple things that like what actually is, a, a summit, like how on a very, very briefly overview of what does, what is it? How does it work? Yeah. I mean, essentially, as I mentioned a little bit alluded to before, it's, you know, a multi-speaker event over a few days, right? So you might have, can be a smaller summit too, can be like a, a one day summit even, but I think when you're starting out and you want to kind of you know, blow up your business a little bit more. It's more beneficial to you to host, let's say, a five to about seven day summit because you can have more speakers on there. So let's say 20 to 30 speakers because let's say you only would have, let's say, five to 10 speakers. You might not get all of them to promote you initially. You know, you're going to have a mix of kind of different levels of speakers and all that. And so it's, it's more beneficial to have kind of this balance, 20 to, 20 to, you know, 30. In some exceptions, you can have maybe 10 to 15, but usually most people, 20 to 30, it will do well. And the summit is typically free to sign up for. You want to grow your email list. You want to grow your audience from this. And essentially, you're getting paid to grow that email list, which is really cool with the way we are teaching it. And then you have an all access pass based class there instant after they opt in, they, you know, they give you their email address. Then you have an upgrade for the all access pass that includes typically recordings can be some great bonuses that is like hel- helping people to implement the content can be action guides, session notes. You can have also bump offers. You can have a lot of different things to kind of maximize that lifetime value even more. And, uh, that, and then in the, that's basically creates your products, right? Your speakers are creating your product for you. So even if you don't have a product yet and you're feeling like, why, how can I do this? Well, you don't need one. I didn't have one before I hosted my first summit and then my all access pass or my premium pass became my first product. So that's that's pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the the thing here for people who this is a totally new concept to, um, because this is the thing I used to find that people couldn't get their head around is around the list building, is you will have all of these speakers, but in order for people to be able to know where do they get the, where do they hear the interviews, what time does it start, all of that sort of stuff, in order for anybody to be able to take part in it, they have to join your mailing list. So really you've got 
everybody that's going to be sharing that this that this is coming up, they all have to go. You're the gatekeeper. They go through your opt-in page. That's how you build your mailing list. Um, so exactly, and you, and you can do pre-recorded too. I wanted to mention so people don't feel overwhelmed. You don't need to do live sessions. You can. Here's what we recommend: so you can build a maximum engagement. So if you're doing this the first time. Do, do recorded. So you do recorded sessions with the speakers. Let's say you have 20 speakers, you do 20 recorded sessions with them. During the summit, you could include kind of a live kickoff, you know, during the time it's happening. There's some advanced strategies too later. You can turn it evergreen and stuff like that. But the first time you're doing it, like include a few live sessions, like kind of like office hours, maybe in a Facebook group, just to kind of add that kind of, you know, engagement and connection with the audience as well. So they feel you're part of it. You can also have comments and stuff like that. But it's, it's just that, you know, you, you I'm sure your audience have seen these my regular conferences. Essentially, you're bringing it kind of online, just having it free for a limited time. Usually, it's 24 to 48 hours availability from when a session go go live during the summit. Then it pulls, you know, basically you lock it down in the vault, the, the all access pass. That's kind of what's going on here. Yeah. And that's how you're also monetizing. And a lot of people upgrade. I mean, you'll be surprised. Like, you know, a good, you know, I would say a decent upgrade rate would be, you know, from free opt-ins to paid is about, let's say, 4 to 6%. Then anything above 6% is considered pretty good. So we have students even getting 21 to 30% in some, you know, cool, in some niches, like in the heart niche. And we had one in the play therapy niche getting a very high conversion rate, a recent one in kind of uh, teaching, you know, Spanish language or for, for teachers, basically. So uh, mm. that was pretty cool. Got a very high conversion rate for all access pass as well. So I love, I love this idea. And the nice part is when it comes to sort of understanding all the steps in this, understand that um, you've got a fantastic checklist for people to be able to use, haven't you? So they can they can go there and, and have a look at all the different things that, are, that actually the logistics that take part in doing this. Is that right? Yeah, so you, it's just on my site, navidmoases.com slash uh, VSM slash cheat sheet. You can link that up. Also, we have a free guide without any opt-in. It's just virtualsummitguide.com, basically. And you can, you can check it out there. So, yeah. yeah, it breaks down all the steps if you are going fast or anything like that. And, you know, sometimes we have also a masterclass you're running. So you can check out there. If, or just simply Excellent. email me if you're on my list or something. I'll yeah. to you guys. So let's have a look. So just so that you know, if you're listening here and you're going, oh, but I can't understand all the parts. No, that's okay. Because you can go there and you can get all the details on there. So what we want to do today is we want to give you an overview of you starting to think about what you could do yourself and how you would use this in your own business. And then we'll, <clears throat> we'll just go through some of those decision points and <clears throat> excuse me, and we'll look at some of the, you know, how you're going to make the most of it. So that's, and that way we'll be able to see like what worked for me and what stopped working. Um, and so, and what's working work really, really well now. So the very first thing is let's have a look at the topics because when I launched mine, Mine was launching a business called Wonderful Web Women and <clears throat> I had absolutely no street cred at all in that area. So for me, I thought, well, if I can find the most successful women in the world, I don't have to be the expert here. I'm not the boss. Like I'm not the one that's saying, look at me, I know everything. I was really passionate, you know, positioning myself as the passionate reporter, which is a really powerful way to start out because it allows you to be able to go, 
I don't know, but I'll find out for you. So it takes the pressure off you if you're not feeling like you're the legend. Um, but for me, it was easy because I could go back then, like nobody was doing them. Like I could, I found it very difficult to find people to learn how to do it. So I had to pull everything together separately, like find somebody to teach me how to do interviews, another person to guide me on the tech stuff and or you know, another one on joint venture. So I had to kind of bolt it all together. But for me, yeah. I just did the topic on, you know, find the most, you know, learn from the most successful women online. Now, that worked exceptionally well back then because there, yep. there wasn't a platform. As, not only people we could go for that, you know, didn't, they couldn't find these female role models. There just weren't many. And also yep. there wasn't, um, you know, for, the fem- for these wonderful successful women, there weren't as many platforms for there to get their message out. So it was, as you said at the beginning, what's in it for everybody. That topic worked really well. But I don't think it would work very well now. It's way, yeah. way too general. So from what's yeah, no, changed I was going to get to that. <laughs> yeah. So what's yep. changed for you now? Like what would you recommend for people to take into consideration wow. working out their topic? Yeah, obviously, like 10 years. I mean, Telesummits was what it's kind of called when it came to the scene and, what, and all this kind of, on, I mean, the teleseminars and all this. Usually, actually, they were not even that high i mean there were some some were great content and all this but the problem is sometimes i think it was not even video initially and that oh, no, kind of came a little bit late and now yeah it was not really a, it was it was harder at least you could probably it was kind of maybe more advanced at the time to do what we are doing now with you know zoom or whatever you know it's really easy these days to, you to stream video even, if you you could pre-record but you had no way of playing it back to start at a certain time so you had to either do them yeah. live or you had to be there and click start through the replay. It was very difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It was, yeah, it was, it was harder. But now these days, I think the high perceived value, I mean, there's podcasts and they're audio and they're great and you're sharing maybe stories and stuff like that on a podcast. But I think like really having video on a summit, that's also up, you know, the game a little bit and it doesn't have to be too hard. I mean, I'm right now, for example, I'm traveling, I'm here in the US at a time we're doing this. I just kind of bought something on Home Depot. Like this background is, is not a real brick. You know, if you're seeing this, oh, this looks good. But I, I just bought this for like, you know, I think cost didn't cost me too much to get it. It's just peel, peel and stick or whatever and you put it on. That's kind of how easy it could be to have a little bit more professional setups these days. And then obviously lighting, we have, you know, you can have a ring light, whatever. It doesn't have to be that. But I think it's the barrier to have a good quality. It's easier these days so that's why it's kind of a little bit expected that you do the bare minimum to do that and also in terms of kind of this topic which we talked about i think having a niche summit like go very instead of having a broad one just kind of teaching you know women for in online business or something maybe doing like a in terms of i can share some examples from students for instead of having a fitness summit or a health summit I think going deeper, not even a strength summit, maybe a women's strength summit, right? So it's, you know, for women, by women. And by doing that, you'll be a lot more successful. Like this student, instead of maybe not succeeding at all because it would be too broad and, you know, get disappear. She did 20,000 opt-ins and over $60,000 in revenue, basically starting in a new kind of brand from scratch there. So mm-hmm. that's kind of what can happen if you go more yeah. niche. I'm not saying you will do 20,000 opt-ins, but at least a few thousand, right? You will get more people excited to promote what you are doing because you, you know, it's also some industries, they're more competitive and the more competitive an industry is, 
you're going to see how you can stand out, either having different speakers or maybe the topic, different angle. You're going to definitely find a unique hook for what you're doing in order to stand out in a competitive marketplace. So yeah. I think that's even more important these days. Absolutely. And, you know, I remember we had a discussion last time we got together and we chatted um, you, yep. you had one, there was one particular thing that you said that stuck with me ever since, which was such good advice is when you're choosing your topic, yep, narrowing it right down, but even, and then the next step was instead of say running a topic on something that you're already known well for is step up and think, what do I really want to be known for? Yeah. And start looking at those topics for me, that was a like, of course, you know, you could run one on, you know, an area that you're already feeling confident in and you've got a following in, but use this to help you step up is, um, yep. yeah, I, I think no, that's really, I think that's great. I'm glad you brought that up actually, because you might be, or let's say you're right now a lawyer, but you don't want to be known as a lawyer anymore. I mean, then maybe you should think about what do you are, I really want to do? What am I passionate about? What am I interested in? You don't have to have the benefit of a summit. Actually, you don't need to have expertise right now. Obviously it can help you if you have some expertise to create courses and other things in the back end. But even if you don't, you can be someone who doesn't, you don't have expertise. You can still get great speakers because you're the facilitator. You're hosting the event and you're building essentially your brand by association. You can build almost instant authority. I mean, there's not such a thing as an overnight success, right? But that's kind of what happens with, you know, when you're hosting a summit, you're putting people next, you know, next to your, you know, face and they see you there. So you position yourself. Even we've had students, he had never had an e-commerce store, right? In Amazon. And he's not even saying that I'm teaching this or anything. He's just hosting events. And now he's actually just started. He started with summits, did like five or six of them and really successful. He's from Lithuania, not even a native English speaker. And now he just hosted his first offline conference with like 200 people in Prague. So (laughs) that's what's going to happen. Like from virtual to offline events, because you know, this most stupid thing, excuse the expression, like hosting an offline event or something like that when you're starting out. And I hear people coming to me, I want to host this event and get like 500 people show up. It's very difficult to get people to shop in a location. Absolutely. Yeah. When you have an audience, you know, you have an audience who are interested in what you are doing. It's a lot easier. So build the audience first with a summit, for example, in this case, we are talking about this and then you can do a lot of other things like launching courses, launching high ticket, launching, mm-hmm. high, you know, offline events and, you know, the list goes on and on there. Yeah, I love it. That's it. So that's, that's the next part because you are the passionate reporter. So even if you are recognized that having expert in a particular area, think about how you want to be at the next stage. And that's why it's also a great one when you're starting out. If you know what your niche is, you can, um, you know, really... Um, you know, put yourself on the map really quickly. Now, let's talk about the next part because once people have worked out their niche, then the next thing is how on earth am I going to convince these people to actually even say, yes, I'll be happy to be, you know, be interviewed. And then even even the next step, well, hopefully some of them will go, well, yeah, sure, and I'll let my list of incredibly engaged people who love me, I'll tell them about this and get them to come over and sign up for you. So I'll help you build your list. But for, to yeah. get those people, yep. um, I know what I had to do when I first started to be, because nobody knew me. Um, 
I'm really curious about what's your advice for people, like what things are the, the, the core things that they need to keep in mind to get people to say yes? Okay, awesome. Yeah, so what I recommend first is to create this list. I mean, use Google Sheets or you can use Air, I use Airtable now. It's like a Google Sheets on steroids basically, but I put together my lists and, and it's kind of a dream 100 list or wish list, whatever you want to call it. And the first kind of influencer outreach list doesn't have to be only of people you are, that's going to be a perfect fit for your summit. That's kind of influence in your market and it's good to have overflow of influencers to potentially connect with, right? So I do that first, but to get at that and like research, I mean, you know, as you get, you know, more seasoned in your business, you could probably have, you know, VA or someone like that research. But again, I think the connections, you're going to kind of make them in some way. It's kind of like, you can't really, it's harder to outsource authentic connections, right? So yeah. you're going to definitely do that. I think that's really important. I do still to this day. I mean, I'm, I'm about, I'm planning a summit right now and in the big process of doing this right now. And I'm doing all these kind of calls with the potential speakers, connecting with them. But if you're newer to this, I would recommend if you have time, basically start kind of being on the radar. You know, maybe you have been in programs, masterminds, whatever. In that case, kind of share some, add value to them. Like be, you know, obviously it's the easiest to get in front of someone if you have been in a mastermind or if you have yeah. uh, you know, b- bought a program. If you haven't, I mean, let's say a book or a podcast, maybe they have a podcast, leave a review, do the kind of low hanging fruit to actually get in front of them. Maybe they have Facebook lives every week, show up there, comment, maybe get it for sure, get on their email list, right? So mm. you got to do these things and stand out. Most people are actually not doing this. So oh, you can look. be the person doing it. And yeah. just do that, then you'll stand out. That's a, that, you know, it sounds really basic 101. Like number one is you're being super organized. You've actually got your hit list, you know, or your love list, however you want yeah, to put yeah. it. You know, these are the people I want. So you're systematic. But then a lot of times what I always found, because when I used to teach how to do this stuff and then it was like a period of time when it was sort of like, oh, this is great. So I used to get invites all the time from people who were either in my program, that was fine, or even external. And my students never did this, and I know your students never would, but other people would come to me and i go, you just want to pimp my list. Like you've, you've just, I know that this is just a cut and paste. You've, I've got no relationship with you at all. So they're coming in cold. And so our reaction was, I just had a cut and paste. No, thanks. But you know, goodbye. Um, but the big. No, it, I'm glad you bring this up. This is, this is so oh, good. Yeah. Oh, I can't stand it because it was obvious that they were they weren't thinking about me, and so when you've said about yeah, get on their radar. And the other thing that I see people do wrong when they do do that is they go total fangirl, and so there's a you know you want to position yourself <laughs> as a as an equal, as somebody who's got a brain, somebody who they yep. would be you know, like to get to know. So if you're on those Facebook lives and you're going, oh my God, you're just fantastic. I love what you do, which is lovely, but you're not, you're positioning yourself as a fangirl. Asking, ask really intelligent questions. Give, you know, share. Like the one who's standing in line to take a picture with the the one who's like, ah, can I have a picture with you? I mean, that's nice, but that's the wrong approach. You should take a picture at coming you should come, you should take, if, you, if I ever take a picture with an influencer or someone, I mean, I see them as peers. I don't see them as, I mean, they might make more money than me, but I don't see them as higher value than no. me for that reason. No. That's kind of the big thing. Oh, absolutely. So yeah. think about if you've got a peer who's doing Facebook Live, if, you, if we just go with that example, they're doing it because 
they want engagement. So help them get engagement, share with it. You know, say, I learned this from you and I got this result. Those sorts of things, like it's, you know, just because that's the big difference. You either come in cold going, I want you to do this for me and let me just pick your list or they go total fangirl, which is a real turnoff. So, yeah, that's that's a really good point. So that's number one is really building up those relationships as first. Is there anything else that you can yeah. give as a tip to help people to get those yeah. first people? I, I would for sure. I would say that you don't, I mean, obviously you're hosting the summit, so you can build a relationship as you go. I would say make this part of kind of your habits to build relationships. That should be kind of second nature to you in business anyway to do yeah. that because otherwise it's going to feel forced. I think because like you, I mean, of course, if you want to host the summit in three months or four months from now, right? Okay. You don't have as much time to do this, but that that's fine. You can still host a successful summit. You just like keep that in the, in your mind to always kind of always build relationships, always be doing this. Right. So you might have your big list of let's say hundred people in your industry, you know, as you go build relationships with these people, even if they are not speaking at your first summit. So getting into kind of the emails and stuff like that. How do you reach out to people? I mean, it helps when you have a relationship because then you can refer to something in the email. Otherwise, if I don't know them, I tend to reference something kind of in the opening line of the email. And then the trick can also be to have like a video invite that could obviously make you stand yeah. out a little bit. You still need to have an email. You still need to have a solid email though. So they click that link to the video, but either way, like mention something specific. Maybe they have had, a, maybe you found them through a community and they did some really awesome training. Mention that, mention yeah. something specific. If you have taken a program of theirs, mention that, whatever it is. And then you've got a name drop, basically add social proof. You're going to say, okay, here's what I'm doing. I'm hosting this summit. And if you know roughly your numbers, what you're going to expect, say that. Otherwise you can guesstimate a little bit, maybe what you're hoping to get from it, but don't over exaggerate too much because yeah. obviously people find out about things and yeah. it's not good. And they just, and that, they, that's they basically it. Comes up anyway. <laughs> yeah. And that's basically the email. I mean, they, and then you can go, if they're not, I mean, we, we make a distinction of like a kind of say, you know, A-listers, they're kind of celebrity influencers, mm -hmm. trust authorities there. They have good solid audiences and then up and comers. I think the audiences that are most useful to kind of most people, at least that would be trust authorities, and up and comers, A-listers. They're great for, be, you know, being on the summit and, you know, driving people. People know them for sure. It's exciting to have them on and all this, but they are not always promoting because they are very busy. They have yeah. promo schedules. They are scheduled out, stuff like that. So you're going to be, I'm always searching for people, you know, who kind of, you know, they're just coming up to the space. Sometimes they've been maybe a year or two in the space sometimes, but they are growing very quickly. And I'm like, wow, how are they doing this? And I'm actually intrigued myself. Yeah. learn from them sometimes. That's why I bring them on board for my summits. You might even see uh, we hosting List Building School 2.0 uh, this year, basically. And I'm, I'm always kind of in the lookout for new people who have, have I, I don't, didn't even know maybe a year, <laughs> year ago, but now yeah. I found them because I did some research and I love that. I love finding yeah. new people like that. That's I really. And they can be A-listers in a year from now. By the way, yeah. they can become yeah. the next A-listers. Be become friends with people like that. It's never a bad idea to become friends with the up-and-comers because they are going to become, in yeah. some cases, the next kind of Tony Robbins almost. You know, yeah. in this space. That is such a good point because a lot of times people will just go and try to get. I, I always say go for the top first. If you can get those few big names, then that helps the others to come on board. But 
really when it comes to your list building and your traction, yeah, that's a great tip. It's going to be more the up and coming that are going to be the ones that help you to grow your yep. list and that get much more involved. That is a brilliant, brilliant tip. When, um, when, when I ran my summit, the thing that made it really successful was the invitation that I sent out to people. And I just use headings of, you know, what is the project? Why have I chosen you? And so I really was very specific about why them. And then just really clear, you know, what's in it for you? Really long. What's in it for me? Really short. What do I expect of you? Really short. What can you expect of me? Really long. And then a call to action. And that's, that was just really the simple thing. Um, I I tend to make the first email quite short, by the way. I mean, I I think you can do like add some more stuff to the first email. I tend to make the first thing kind of to just gather interest from them. And then I basically get on a, I I usually try to get on a call with them because, you know, having kind of a video call or at least at the very least an audio call, if you can meet them in person, obviously it's kind of hard to do that with everyone. I think just having a call with them just kind of speeds up that relationship building, also builds rapport. And then when you do the session, it's a lot easier. And also there, I ask them, how can we make this a super big win for you to participate on in my summit? And then I focus on that first, basically, you know, building that relationship. And then I ask them, okay, so we are having the dates of the summit is this and this date. And uh, would that work for you to share it with your audience? And beginning like, I mean, so far, at least for this one, I have a hundred percent of people. I have had, I've had about 26 calls so far. So it's not just, <laughs> you know, 26 calls with the potential, you know, with speakers, with wow. speakers on my next summit. And a hundred percent of them have said, yes, we are promoting it. We are going behind this. That is brilliant. You know what that is? That is absolute gold there because that's the hardest part is getting to people to promote. Um, that was the thing, you know, mine was much smaller and we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but that is absolute gold is what, you know, the, the stronger the relationship you've got with people um, and the stronger, you know, commitment that they feel to you, then they're going to promote for you. And that's where your that's where it's going to be successful, your summit. So that is, you know, that's, it's a lot of extra work having those 26 calls. But then the yeah. other side of it is, what a privilege to have 26 calls with people who are doing great stuff. Yeah. They're 10 and minute calls. Look. Like they're 10 minutes to max 15 minutes. They're not even that long, right? But yeah. then also you have to keep in mind, if, some, if someone doesn't promote for you the first time around, don't get discouraged. Like not every, you. sometimes the first time around, you're not as successful as you hope to be, right? So it's important to kind of talk about that part of it as well. Like we've yeah. had students in the health space and they maybe did 700 to 1,000 opt-ins, which some markets is a lot. For that market, it wasn't that much, and he got a little bit discouraged. But then he saw, okay, I didn't have the right speakers on board, which is a big thing. You need to have the right speakers that are aligned with whatever you want to do. You need to have the right topic. We talked about that. His topic was a little bit off, and then it took him one or kind of another two summits, and then he figured out, and he went into the fasting niche, right? And he and then he started to crush it, did 15,000 to 20,000 20, opt-ins right. summit and scale business up to well over six figures and that's just because he nailed that down and also didn't give up like you can't really fail unless you do give up like that's Uh what happens with most people give up before they actually reach success that is such brilliant advice and that goes for so much in business is you know what sometimes the first time it's it's not that that technique didn't work or you were no good at it. It's just you've got to you've got to keep on you know sticking with it. That's that's just such brilliant 
brilliant advice for everything I reckon in business. Yeah, that yeah. is huge. Um, so I'm just aware of our time. So we'll just sort of tie up with just a couple of things for people who are listening is the next part. So we've yep. talked about the list building. So the advantage here, you know, yep. really just going over the core things that I want everybody here to really keep in, in mind is, um, you know, you want to, this is about relationships. So this is going to be taking part in a long-term game, even though this is a strategy that makes the most of that opportunity. So you've got, you know, it's about a long-term with relationships. Really think about your topic of being narrow as you can and where you want to be known for. And then, you know, you're list building the stronger your relationships that you've got with the people who you invite, the, the more likely they are to promote and especially those up and comings are going to do it for you. So we've talked then about the list building. The next part that I want to be able to finish off on here is show me the cash baby. So maybe if we can talk about like the simplest way to make money and then some just one or two extra things that you can add on. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, the simplest way, I mean, the, I mean, let's start with all access pass. That's the common thing people kind of up, you know, upsell to the all access pass. So the summit is free to sign up for, obviously. Then you have an all access pass. Sometimes people call it premium pass or whatever, VIP pass. That's kind of the recordings, audios, and can be some extra bonuses, can be transcripts. Don't do transcripts unless you know you're somebody's going to do well because it can be very expensive. It can to be very expensive. Point. Yeah. It's not, it's not, it's not needed. I didn't have it for some of my, you know, multi six figure launches. So I didn't have it for everything I did, but now for, for the next one, you might do some stuff with transcripts and also it's just more useful. If you want to create like action guides, session notes, it just speeds up the process a little bit to have that. And then you can also include bonuses from speakers and stuff like that. And also even for the free summit, include speakers, lead magnets and all that to kind of add value. But that's kind of the essence of an all access pass. You just bundle in things that helps people even more with it. So mm -hmm. I think these days you're going to do a little bit more than just adding the recordings. Let's add something extra. It can be a Q&A call, can be some private, you know, some, some extra kind of be coupons for tools, you know, deals for tools, freebies and stuff like that. That's what you want to have in your all access pass. Yeah. Then that's, that's great. It's, it's about people being able to implement, isn't it? Rather than just, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. So that's the all access pass. And you can make, some people ask, can you make real money from an all access pass? And the answer is you can. We've had students making, you know, six figures from an all access pass promoting it. I made, you know, multi six figures from it, but you know, that's, you know, even, even beyond that, you can, I know some summits that are doing millions of dollars in just a low ticket one. Obviously you need volume in that case, but it's definitely possible. I would say if you're starting out, you know, you can definitely do anywhere from like $20,000 to, you know, $40,000, $50,000. That's kind of the spectrum. If you're starting absolutely from scratch, that's something, you know, a lot of our students at least are doing those numbers when they come into right. the program. And what sort of... Yeah, so that's pretty good, point, right? What sort of price point would the all yeah. must be? For sure. 67 to $97. Like you have a one-time offer for like say 67, then it can go up to 97. Again, Excellent. depends on your market. I would be careful depending on the market. Some students might charge, you know, 27 to $47 in our community. And, but I, I think for most markets, these 67 to $97 tend to work well. If you're in more professional markets, like with, you know, B2B and stuff like that, you could consider even a little bit higher. But again, depends on your strategy. I think for me, I want to turn as many, you know, email subscribers, basically free attendees into buyers as possible. That's why I keep the price point a little bit lower, right? So yeah. that's just my strategy behind it. It works well. And then in the back end, you can have 
you know, online courses, you can have membership sites, you can have high ticket, even high ticket is a great strategy we're going to implement for my next summit, right? So we have a high ticket program now for virtual summit mastery and we kind of having coaching in that. So we might do via application and that's, you can is get application calls on a summit as well. You can do it from the very beginning when people, people opt into the summit in the emails and during sessions and even afterwards as well, get them onto a webinar or something like this. Excellent. So that's a great strategy. And then sponsorships, that would be kind of another one. Might not be for everyone, but I think a lot of our students these days, they are getting either paid sponsorships for you know, just a few thousand dollars or sometimes multiple five figures or they're getting kind of this promotional mix with paid, paid sponsorships or just promote promo sponsorships or simply just having kind of some deals from a tool. Like let's say I'm doing this building school. I might feature ConvertKit on there because it's a relevant tool and they yeah. provide, let's say a 30 day, a 30 day trial or a 60 day trial for the paid people. So you can, they, they are very open in some markets to doing things like that. So you can like, kind of test the waters a little bit with incorporating some kind of sponsors on there or like you can also add value to your summit, the authority, because you have logos on there and stuff like that. Absolutely. Sponsored by. Yeah, that's great. You know what? There's something that the way that mine worked, the way that I monetized mine when I started, and I'm just curious to see if this works still. Um, Yeah. I mean, first of all, I was launching a membership site. Um, which I really only decided to do like two weeks before I started it. But that was how I would make my money. Um, and that worked well. I got members straight away and had recurring income, which was brilliant. But the other way where I made money was, um, and I only had eight speakers, and I'll share with you a moment who the eighth one was because that's where I made the money. But um, so because it was all done live and it was once a week and the whole the whole idea of being doing 20-odd just was just yeah. almost impossible to do back then. You couldn't, you couldn't do that in sleep. Um, yeah. But what did happen then, which I don't know if this would work now, is they were 60-minute interviews and each one was on a specific topic and each of them sold. Each of them made a pitch and I made a commission on every one of those. Um, yeah. And so that's where I can remember I made, that was the first time I made $12,000 in commissions on a 60 minute call nice. and I'd only been, I was only like four weeks into me starting the business and I just went, yes, I yeah, made it. Yeah. <laughs> that's Would awesome. That work now? Would that work yeah, now? Yeah. I mean, that, that's interesting. I've seen also kind of Marissa Murray doing a little bit like that for her superhero summit. She used to do these before they were really successful actually. So basically the concept, that, and, and I think it works a little bit better when you have kind of live sessions for kind of making a pitch, but either way it could work. I think I'm not, the reason I'm not doing this, I don't want to, I want to have like a value-based event without pitches. And I I still do include the speaker's lead magnets. They can't be a paid right away offer, but I do include speaker's lead magnets. If there's a software, I might include a trial to the software or a deal to it, for example. Yeah. That I think works. And and it's not to say that this other strategy doesn't work. I think it's just a matter of what you prefer to do. What I'm doing as well, maybe afterwards I might, you know, you know, promote some of the speakers to my list, for example, if it's a good fit. Uh, I might provide like a resource bundle or something for the free free lead magnets of the speakers and promote that yeah. after. So I just like to create it a you know, value-based event. It also depends a little bit on what you have afterwards. Uh, and another thing I forgot to mention, affiliate marketing is a, big con- is a big thing. So you can also promote someone after the summit. Let's say 
actually for my first summit I hosted, I promoted Ramit Sethi after my first, I had grown my list with 3000 people. So I had a very engaged audience after that. So I promoted him and I made, I think it was like 32,000 something. And plus I made the cash price because I won his affiliate wow. contest. I made over $40,000 the month after my first summit. <laughs> and uh, that's, yeah. So th- that's basically without having my own product, you can do this because you need just an engaged audience and then you can absolutely promote something else. Yeah, it's just yeah. a matter of kind of how I, I kind of like to promote something specific rather than promoting everyone at the same time. It's mm. kind of just my philosophy a little bit. I think, uh, I think that's but again, a great speakers, idea. Yeah, that's the big change that I can see yep. from the way that they were done and the way they are done now. I would not do pictures on every interview now, but I think it is much plastic. Yeah, it, it's also not as evergreen, by the way. Like, you know, we, we, are, we are thinking a lot about like, how can we, what can we do with this summit afterwards? So we have, we're teaching like, how can you multiply this? How can you repurpose the content? How can you turn it even to an evergreen summit or relaunch the summit afterwards? If you're having pitches in everyone and they might be time sensitive, it's not going to work the best afterwards so mm-hmm. i would just kind of be thoughtful of this be thoughtful what you're saying during sessions are you really you really need to say welcome to the summit everything single thing then it might be harder for you to turn it into a podcast later because Chandler Bolt, which is one of our, you know, students, he turned his summits, two summits into a podcast who made a few hundred thousand dollars extra for his business. That was just the same content as he used two years for his virtual summit. And afterwards, like a year later, he turned it into a podcast that is really successful. I love it. That's, I love that whole idea of what can you leverage. So um, I might just share one story and then I'm aware of our time. We'll have to wrap up because I'm, I'm aware sure. of yeah, your time. I'm very, very grateful for your time because I know that you're actually, as we're recording this, you're actually oh. in the middle of organizing your own summit. Um, so the one thing when yep. it came to monetizing, the thing that made the huge difference for me, that this is the one that really brought in the money for me was, I mean, making the affiliate sales was awesome. Getting people onto a low price membership, it was I had a special for $37 instead of $47. That worked really well. But the big thing that made the difference was, I had eight speakers. I mean, now you would have a lot more. But the eighth person who I'd put down, um, their, their gatekeeper was on stuffing me around. And it got close to the end of time. And I went, I have not got time to organize this. So I'm going to find a, an, an extra, another person who's going to be the eighth speaker and I'm going to make it me. And so on the sales page or the sign-up page, I had the eighth speaker was Janet Becker's talking about how she built a list of thousands yes. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and yeah. replaced her income in eight short weeks and how you can too. And so, awesome. so I I love kind that. Of, it was a bit, it was, it was a awesome. little bit gutsy because I had to then go and do it. So I actually just found somebody who had turned up to every live call and I asked, said, do you want a job to get in the spotlight? You can interview me. Um, but what I did is because every other speaker had been pitching something, well, it was congruent for me to pitch something. And so I didn't have anything. So I sold at the end. I pitched who would like to do, I think it was like a, a six week course and I'll run you through live how you can build a list of thousands in eight short weeks. Yeah, yeah. Um, no. And that's where this I'm is made. Great. I mean, I- I made at that, I mean, for me back then, you know, even making a thousand dollars was huge. So I I think for that first sale, like I made something like $40,000. Um, 
Wow, that's 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 incredible. And actually, I forgot to. I I do recommend highly. Actually, if you have some expertise or you want to share, either if you even if you if you're new to your market, even then, I recommend you put yourself on the summit. Actually, at least do oh, a, ten, yeah. ten lessons learned from let's say list building school or 10 lessons learned from yes. this summit. Do that and you will actually be seen more. You want to be seen in the spotlight a little bit on your own summit, of course. And that's why yeah. you typically recommend people doing like a live kickoff initially because then the first session always usually the most viewed and typically at least. And uh, so do a live kickoff like the right. day before the summit. So you kick things off. You also get a big spike in sales for that if you, if you structure it correctly and stuff like that. Exactly. And then at the end of the summit, you do a 10 lessons learned. And then afterwards, you can obviously promote an affiliate offer. You can yeah. into whatever you want afterwards. So do a survey. Absolutely survey your list after you built that up and see what they kind of want. Do a deep dive survey like Ryan mm-hmm. Levesque talks about. <laughs> that is really good. Yeah. Do you be on number one? I hadn't thought about that. You're doing the number one. And then that follow-up yeah. one. As soon as I did that, apart from it made me money, but it positioned me as an equal. And as soon as I did that, I started getting contacts from people saying, we want to interview you. Can you come to America and present at our conference? Because you are obviously at the same level as the people who you have been interviewing. Okay, sure. It's like our story is pretty similar. Like I'm just listening to what you're saying here. Like we... I had a pretty similar experience when I did my first one because people started asking me. I was not really having a big kind of pitch or anything for my on my summit for VSM, Virtual Summit Mastery, but I got a similar experience that people started asking me, how did I do it? Uh, we want to learn from you. And obviously, then I accidentally put together, I mean, I, I had to put together the program. People were asking me. It's a lot easier when people come to you and ask me, okay, we want this from you. Now I go create it instead of like, you know, trying to guess what people want, right? So that's what yeah. happened. Absolutely. And you know what? The the secret to that, to why my business took off and why yours has taken off is we both went, sure. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I'll work out how to do this. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You work it out, right? It was my first online course. It also become kind of my most successful. I mean, they're still running today. It's actually coming up on four year anniversary in September. So it's it's been running strong since VSM 1.0. We always had the pilot since like early 2015. The pilot was running. Then it took me a few months, and then we launched the kind of the the flagship. And now we're on to VSM 3.0. So it's been that's you know, brilliant. And you know yeah. what? Yeah, I did the same thing. I ran I taught, I ran mine for a few years, and it started off at like four hundred dollars, and then things kept and ended up selling for two thousand um, yeah. dollars until things. I noticed things changed a lot in the industry as soon as podcasts came out. The way that I was doing it just wasn't going to work anymore. So I stopped selling it because I didn't want to give people the wrong thing. And I've actually looked in the back end of what Navid's doing in his um, – I've actually you, – you actually took me through that and you right. have done – did a call such, about it. That was, that yeah, was <laughs> you have done such a brilliant job, really step-by-step yeah. step, template, brilliant, brilliant job. Like, yeah, just just go to, just go to you. Like, you know how to do it really, really well. So um, – yeah. Well, we better, we better wrap up. We've been here a while. It's just been, this is no, like a huge milestone. It's been so fun to chat with someone who has also experience. It's not every day I do that. So that's. Oh, that's okay. Cool. Oh, that's good. Yeah. We, we can share some real war stories. I'm sure we could talk about this kind of four hours sharing summit stories and like yeah, how things are yeah. going and things like that. So very hard to do it without a beer though. That's the next step. So. <laughs> yep. Well, thank you so much for your time for people now. In terms of, I love people to be able to take action this week. So 
what would you say for people who are listening now? Like what's something they can do this week that's going to help them to prepare to be able to run a tele-summit? Hey, I would say like if you want to, if you're considering hosting this, you want to explode your email list, authority and all of that we talked about here today. I think start kind of thinking about, first of all, topic you can run it on. I mean, if you're already doing something in your business, I mean, it should be pretty simple. Think about what, if you already have a product, think about how your summit can be aligned with whatever you're currently doing or what you want to be doing and then start building these relationships. I think that we talked about as well. Start yeah. kind of simple things, right? Building that list of people, even if, you know, whether or not you're joining a summit program like my, mine, Virtual Summit Mastery, or you're going to do something else, I think having that dream list of people that you want to connect with and, you know, build real relationships with would be really powerful for yeah. you. No matter what you're doing in business, you, you got to do that. Yeah, that's brilliant. That's great advice. So that's my challenge to you, everybody that's listening here, is go and, you know, if this is something, you know, the idea of doing a summit works for you, go over and um, so if we go to, we've got Romance Your Tribe, dot com forward slash summits if you just go there that will take you to where you can get the you know the guide for you to actually know exactly what's involved in doing this so go and do that and then follow navid's advice and just you know those even if you don't go ahead with doing a tele summit having those relationships and systematically you know creating friends <laughs> that's what it is you know yeah. creating friendships and investing the time in them is Trying to grow your business. Yeah. Thank you so much for today. And um, I can't wait to see the summit that you've got that you're working on now to see when that's coming out. And you know what? You've convinced me. I haven't done a summit now for years <laughs> and I absolutely love it. I know it's a lot of work. There's a lot of interviews and stuff to be doing, but I am here announcing to everybody that within the next 12 months, I shall be running yes. a summit. Yes, they happened here. It, <laughs> That's it awesome. happened here. So excited. So excited for you. And, and obviously, we can link up some more. I mean, I'll send some resources to you as well. I have some free resources. We, we just kind of ramped up some blog content on my site as well. So we have, a, we have quite a few good resources on summits, you know, free content, even ungated. But you can obviously get on my list if Brilliant. you are more interested in what yeah. we are doing as well. So, yeah. Excellent. We'll put out. links to all of, those, all of those articles and everything. We'll put all of those on the blog post page that goes with this um, with this interview. So if you're listening to this over on iTunes or something, come over, over to the blog post and you will see all of those links and we'll have a good summary action sheet for what you can be doing. Um, that'll be on that page as well. So go get them folks. And that's it. I've actually now made it public. So in the next 12 months, there will be a tele summit, a virtual summit being run by Janet. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Yeah. So, so excited. Really cool. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much for being and Thank you, everybody, for being here. Bye. Bye. Take care. It's Janet here. Thanks for joining me on Romance Your Tribe Radio. Hey, you heard our voices today, but do you want to see what we really look like? You can see the video version of this episode over at romanceyourtribe.com and grab the show notes while you're there. And if you enjoyed this episode, I'd really appreciate if you show the love and leave an honest review on iTunes or your favorite podcast directory. I'll see you on the next episode.